Listen up, bowlers. If you're headed to the USBC Open in Baton Rouge, make sure you head over to the first annual Jet Mulligan Classic, hosted by All-Star Lanes. Take a listen to this unique tournament format. Bowl four games and drop your lowest game. For more information, visit www.jetbowling.com or call 225-924-0124. The tournament runs daily starting at 9 a.m. A bowler using jet equipment in this tournament will receive an additional 20% payout bonus on any place they cash in. Attention bowlers, would you like to help your stability in your approach and at the foul line? With Stability Strikes Bowling Performance Sock, you can enhance your stability and take the edge off any foot, knee, or back pain you may have while bowling. The extra mohair cushioning in the heel and toe gives you the comfort and support to compete at your maximum potential. So go to StabilityStrikes.com today. Stability in your game is just a pair away. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Chris Schlemmer. Back in February, Chris was named as the Roto-Grip Marketing Manager. Prior to that, Chris spent over 10 years serving as Storm and Roto-Grip's PBA Tour Consultant. I had a chance to talk to Chris back at the U.S. Open up in New Jersey. If you want to follow Chris on Twitter, it's Schlem Report. It's at Schlem Report for Twitter. And also check Roto-Grip out on Facebook as well, rotogrip.com. Chris, Tim Berg and Joe Serrar here. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thank so we'll, we'll begin our show. Uh, we'll kind of touch base on some of the changes in your duties for uh, Storm products. Uh, as most bowlers know or maybe are unaware, you've been the tour rep for a number of years. I believe the website said 10 years. And been known as tour rep extraordinaire among the industry experts. Uh, Storm's had probably one of the greatest runs in the history of bowling over the last five years just dominating tour events, uh, and, and that continues on to, to this day. So you want to kind of touch base on your experiences being Storm's tour rep, how it came about, and, uh, again, some of your experiences, if, if you have time, and, uh, and then kind of morph into your new duties at Storm Products. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I tell you what, guys, it was a, a pretty amazing run. Um, you know, I got hired on at Storm in 2001, um, I was actually, you know, I think some people have heard most, I don't know if everyone knows, but uh, I actually got my start working on a ladies' tour. I actually drilled balls out there um, for a couple of years and then was a tour rep for, um, for actually for Visionary for a year on the women's tour. And then, you know, when Storm approached me and they said, hey, we'd like you to, you know, join the process. And, you know, so I went through the whole deal and I was actually one of four guys um, that, uh, they interviewed and of course i was the youngest one at the time and i was like 24 years old and um you know going through the the interview process and and all the things and you know the funny story even to this day is uh bill chrisman um one still thinks i'm crazy because you know you never had a tour up last longer than a couple of years and you know i made it over a decade and uh he, he thinks i have a chemical imbalance somewhere <laughs> but uh <laughs> he's um, probably right he, but, you know, the funny part was, it was, you know, even to this day, there's still stories that come up of, 
you know, with Bill and Dave and, and other guys in the office there, um, they're like, you know, we can remember when we hired you, you weren't even old enough to rent a car. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, kind of happened. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate to be able to work with the best bowlers in the world for, you know, like I said, the last 10 plus years. And, um, you know, it's been an awesome ride and, and really what it kind of turned into eventually it was, um, you know, I always had, uh, to be honest with you guys, I always wanted to be in bowling and after I got, you know, in the pro shop business like that and always thought I could make a difference. And, you know, obviously now I've uh, been fortunate enough to move into the office as a marketing manager for Rotogrip now. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the last, you know, all the, like you said, it's been an amazing ride, especially even the last handful of years with our dominance on tour. Um, you know, even just this past year, um, with myself out there and obviously with uh, the help of our new tour rep, Del Ballard, which I'm sure most everyone knows who he is. Um, and we've put together, we put together a pretty good plunky punch from, you know, all the tour stuff. And then even at the Queens and, um, yeah, it was just, uh, it's been pretty fun here of late. Um, yeah. And obviously we've got a great group of bowlers. Um, but I think the product line also, um, has reached the level that, I don't even think we even imagined it could get that good, you know, because I'll be honest with you, the start of my career as a tour rep, um, you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, we actually, I'll remember it like yesterday, we actually had a stretch run where we didn't even have a ball on TV for, I think, eight, I think it was eight weeks in a row. And, um, you know, like you, like you said there, Joe, in the last five years we've dominated. Um, we haven't gone, I think we've only missed, uh, I think it's only three shows in the last five years that we haven't had a ball on tv so um yeah it's it's been a, been a fun run <clears throat> so well chris, chris i want to i guess ask how have um, you been able to last so long like you said if you people ahead, think you're crazy because you're able to last so long and going out with bowlers bowlers we all know can be a, a little bit of a finicky crew of of uh, mixing and matching and egos and such so how were you able to last so long as a tour rep you know what's funny about that is um the Dell being, and to be honest with you guys, I actually learned a lot in my career from Dell Ballard. Um, I've been friends with Dell, Dell and Carolyn for a long time, and um, you know I learned a lot because Dell was a tour rep for many years, and you know after his career ended, and uh, you know so we worked together at the, at the World Series of Bowling, and then you know he actually worked by himself at the uh, the Masters, and uh, I'll, I won't forget the the text message I got as soon as it was done. Um, I believe it was on the lines of I worship the ground you walked on. I don't believe, I don't know how you did it for all those years. And um, it's one of those things that, like you said, it's egos, it's emotions, it's everything like that. And to be honest with you, I think I learned a lot of it. Um, and I don't want I don't, this to be demeaning or coming off defensive, but I think I learned a lot from being on the women's tour um, because women are a little bit more emotional. And I think that's where I had a little better understanding of how bowlers function. And so it actually made it easy for me, um, you know, obviously when I started working with the guys, um, it was kind of learning everyone's, you know, what their, kind of what their nuances are, how this guy reacts to certain situations, what this guy thinks and sees and, and whatnot. And, and I really played on to that. It was not never, um, you know, my entire ball rep career was never, oh, I know everything and I'm going to tell you how what you need to do. You know, when I'm working, you know, when I work with Norm, and even to this day, because I still, like you said, went out and helped here the back half of the season, you know, U.S. Open and TSC and stuff. You know, if I'm working with Norm Duke, Norm sees the lane and his thought practices are different than what, the way Pete sees it. And that's completely different than the way Belmo sees it, for sure. 
And so it's understanding those guys. And, um, you know, I, I have full confidence that Dell's going to figure that out. It's just it's going to take a little bit more time. You know, I've just been out there for a long time and, and had all these guys um, kind of, you know, obviously know how they react and, and act. And, um, you know, obviously Dell's just been out there a short time. And, you know, and the other thing for him is, is again, like we touched upon the ball line. I mean, we've got an amazing ball line from Storm Products with Storm Rudder Grip and, um, having so many options, um, not too many people are used to having that many options in the bag. And, and Dell's, you know, quickly learned that he's like, oh, you know, how about this, this, and this? And I'm like, okay, well, what about this ball, this ball, or how about we do this? And he's like, oh, I forgot about those balls. I'm like, well, you know, this guy likes this, this guy likes that. And, you know, that was really the key, like, at the U.S. Open this year with Pete. Uh, and Tim, obviously, we talked there, and, um, you know, there's certain balls that, that Pete likes, and there's certain balls that he doesn't like, and, you know, Dell make a suggestion, and then Pete look at me, and like I, you know, I'd either confirm it or I'd say no. I actually, I see this. And Dell's like, okay, whatever you think. And then we got done after Pete won the open. Dell was like, you know, after I had Pete switch to a frantic, he goes, man, he goes, that ball never even crossed my mind. I don't know where that one came from. I said, well, that's why I ran to the locker room to get it. <laughs> Just you know, knowing Pete for so many years, and that's how you know how he sees the lane. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's I tell you what, it's it's a fun job, but now looking back on it. Yeah, I'm wondering how I did it for so so long myself. <laughs> so, Chris, are you saying rather than have a say a, a definitive analytical process for each tournament, you know, helping each individual bowler, was it it kind of by the by the seat of your pants, just kind of wing it and, and use your gut to determine which balls or layouts a player may like, more so no. than having say a set standard of balls that they would throw first? And then you'd kind of get a feel and read of the pattern, uh, you know. And practice sessions—did that play a part, or were practice well, sessions always kind of far off base? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's one of those things that practice sessions, uh, again, as we all know, um, it's it's part of our game that um, has gotten better over the years. Um, but it still comes into lane maintenance and what's going to happen day to day. There's so many variables in a bowling center that um, most people don't account for. Um, and I, to be honest with you, that is one of the things that we did stick with the upper hand as far as, yeah, you could develop a game plan, um, but for, like, my guys and, you know, all the guys I've worked with throughout the years, you know, whether it's our staff guys and free agents, stuff like that, um, the whole thing was never to 100, 100% commit to any one plan of attack. Um, just because the variables can change at the drop of a hat, and you have to keep an open mind about it. Um, you know, and to be honest with you, I can't count the number of times where, you know, we'd have a practice session and, you know, we'd have these set of balls and we might drill two more balls for, say, uh, you know, whether it's Pete or, you know, Ryan Schaefer or whoever, and then we come in the next day. Um, we don't use any of the balls we use in practice, and the two new balls we drilled really weren't in play. Um, so it's one of those things, you know, you can't really commit and say, oh, yeah, this is a definitive, this is what we have to do. Um, yeah, it's more of wait and see how. You know, things start to unravel, and um, and obviously, I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's one of those things for the most part that with the Storm guys um, and the Rutgers guys the last few years, we, uh, you know, our guys have never really been super fast out of the gate. It's, I mean, yeah, there's tournaments where you just dominate start to finish, but for the most part, there's a lot of times where we let the lane kind of transition a little bit the first game or two and then kind of go from there because we know that so much is going to happen. Um, because on tour you got so many rev rates and guys use all these different balls and so you know different amounts of surface from this spot and that spot and 
Um, to be honest with you, yeah, I think that's also a big reason why certain guys that we think in, on tour, um, not not obviously from our staff, but from other companies that are pretty good bowlers, that the reason those those guys struggle is they they're so committed to what they're supposed to do that they miss the picture, and next thing you know, they've you know they've cost themselves a game, or they've they've missed a transition, and next thing you know, they're they pass themselves right out of a cut or off of a show. So. So did, have you ever made a, a call on a ball for a player knowing it was the wrong choice and it ended up being the right choice and they won a tournament? <laughs> I I honestly have to say that there there's probably been countless times, but to remember each and every one of them, um, you know, it's it's really tough. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things, you know, with all the guys I've worked with over the years, and not even just tour guys, I mean, amateur players and stuff like that and, and free agents and you know, when the bowler comes up and like, oh, hey, remember we did this at this tournament and on this show and I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you, no, I don't remember it. Because <laughs> I just can't, you know, I, I don't remember every situation. But, yeah, there have been some questionable calls that, uh, you know, obviously you look back and you're like, man, that I don't know if that's the right choice, but, hey, what the heck. Uh, and that's really one of my things, too, of help keeping the guys loose on TV and, I think that's been part of the the process that made it easier for some of the guys too when they got on TV is the fact of um, they can practice, you know, you get the half hour before the show. I would actually have um, our guys, and good knowing good and well that there are certain balls that just weren't going to match up, I'd still have them throw out a couple shots just so they could see the lane and see what's going on. Um, because, you know, normally after about 15 minutes, we kind of have an idea of what balls we're going to be in play. But just to get them off of, oh, I'm striking every shot and whatever, it's like, oh, for the shot. You know, and it may miss that and left or may miss that and right. And they go, oh, okay. You know, just to keep their brain going, to help kind of keep them in the moment without, you know, getting, you know, too comfortable. Because, again, on TV, anything can happen. Again, Chris Schlemmer joining us on the Above180.com podcast. Chris, I want to get to the hold of the line. Uh, after the break, uh, received a very, uh, on your Facebook post, you guys had a, a, a change, a, a big message for all the, the Roto-Grip fans out there, uh, a change in your lineup, a change in how you guys are going to be naming some of the equipment and uh, reorganization, I guess, of Roto-Grip. So I want to get into that after the break. More with Chris Schlemmer, Tim Berg, and Joe Sorark. That's coming up next on the Above180.com podcast. Looking for some added competition? Having a hard time finding a tournament in your area? Tired of all the added expenses in traveling to a tournament? VirtualTournaments.com was designed to allow bowlers to use their league scores towards a national tournament. VirtualTournaments.com has multiple divisions available, along with brackets and high-game side pots. Visit VirtualTournaments.com today for information. VirtualTournaments.com. Real bowlers, real scores, real money. This is Lee from BowlerX.com. If you're looking for the best prices and service after the sale on the Internet for bowling balls, shoes, bags, and accessories, come check out BowlerX.com. We carry products from all the major manufacturers. All in-stock orders ship out to you the same day. And best of all, we ship your items fully insured for free. That's right. We don't charge for shipping on any item we sell. Look for BowlerX.com at the 2012 USBC Open Championships in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In conjunction with the event, we will be awarding one lucky winner with a $500 gift certificate, good for anything we carry. Simply go to www.BowlerX.com between February 10th and June 30th, 2012 to register. We'd also like to congratulate John Tassano 
of Seabeck, Washington, who was the winner of our $750 Brunswick Arsenal giveaway. John walked away with four high-performance balls from Brunswick and a KR Strike Force four-ball roller bag. BowlerX.com is the online bowling superstore and a proud sponsor of Above180.com. Tim Berg, Joe Serrar, Chris Schlemmer, St. Louis Cardinals fan, joining us today <laughs> on the Above180.com podcast. Chris, I uh, want to get you to talk a little bit about uh, some of the changes that are going on at Roto-Grip. You're the marketing manager now. You were named that position back in February. I uh, want to get you to talk about the new line, the product line that's coming out, and, and uh, kind of expand a little bit on some of that uh, great new and exciting details. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, it's one of those things that, um, to be honest with you, uh, the reason I was put, pushing the, or not pushing the position, but this position was created was to... Um, basically help give Rotor Grip uh, kind of a much-needed lift. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, Storm's actually owned Rotor Grip since 1997. Um, and when the brand started, it actually was, you know, we bought the, the brand itself, and we kind of used it as an overseas market. And then it wasn't until, you know, right around 2000 when we decided to start releasing balls um, here in the United States. And to be honest with you, as one of those things, it's, Rotor Grip's always kind of been a sub-brand, and, and, and to be honest with you, that's still what we plan to be. But these last couple of years, once we emerged marketing department and, and a lot of things happened, um, and obviously me learning a lot more now that I've you know, moved to Utah and you know, obviously being on tour the last you know, 10 plus years, um, seeing how the operations work on the inside, and um, you know, it's one of those things we just never really, we, the last couple of years we haven't had a lot of focus on Rotor Grip. And, um, you know, I actually have, uh, you know, my Technically, my degree, I actually have a degree from ITT Tech in computer drafting. Um, and always been in art and kind of been a creative guy. And so a couple years ago, it kind of, how it all kind of, this all kind of came about is I already started, I actually had started drawing bags and coming up with bag ideas. And um, like the Rolling Thunder bags we have out now for Storm and stuff like that for the last couple of years, those are actually designs that I've kind of created. And so, again, it came up again. We needed to design a new rotor grip bag, so I did that. And, you know, we're like, well, you know, hey, you got some pretty good ideas and this and that, and you know, so hey, well, you know, if you're interested in this rotor thing, you know, we need somebody to focus on it, and so that's kind of how I, I kind of got uh, got the position, and that met, coupled with uh, we actually have a design company um, based out of Wisconsin called Epic, um, you know, giving us a fresh new look on things. Um, you know, they were not really bowling oriented, um, but we spent a lot of money and time and research and going out and we did a lot of uh, market studies. Um, we actually hit some big bowling markets. Uh, I know they hit Chicago, we hit Detroit, um, hit Milwaukee, we hit some different areas and got some feedback from the consumer. Um, and it was really uh, quite humbling um, to learn, again, not being on the, the full-blown marketing side of Rotor Grip and just, you know, you know, being the tour rep and knowing what the bowling balls do and stuff like that. Again, no, learn how the business actually side of it actually worked, and you know, hearing the feedback from consumers as far as names and ball names and colors and logos and stuff like that, um, we knew we had to make a change, and uh, so we sat down and, and started working on some stuff, and um, you know, we, we've compiled this new direction. Um, we just recently changed the rotor plate uh, logo to make it more recognizable because uh, that was one of the top things that all consumers said um, when you saw the rotor grip you know, brand, you know, people saw it as, oh, it's kind of just an old logo and whatever, so we wanted to give that a fresh start, and really the main focus, you know, as far as the bowling balls go, um, you know, we had 
all these different directions over the last few years, as, as most of you probably know. Um, you know, we had the medieval times thing going, and we had some other different stuff, and certain balls kind of caught on. Um, but for the most part, a lot of people didn't know how the bowling ball stacked up, or you know, what reactions were what. So, how we've come about to uh, to make things easier, we've now have what we're going to call uh, hook potential lines. So, hook potential four is going to be the highest part of our product line, uh, which will feature the Defiant, uh, the Critical Theory, and now the new Defiant Edge. Um, so, people can now. You know, your average bowler can walk in, look at it. You know, the the crazy eight or dad dad slick, and go, okay, and kind of read about the icon, the HP four, and go, hmm, HP four means that this ball has the most potential of hook out of all the balls in the rotary plot. These balls in this group right here. Um, you know, so yeah, we're we're trying to make it. You know, my whole thing, um, being around bowling for a long time, from back of you know when I started drilling balls when I was fifteen. Um, Understanding and being able to communicate to the consumer, and that's always been my number one key. And you know, to be honest with you, sometimes we lose touch of that from the uh, the manufacturer side. So that's why we wanted to go back to that, and you know, again, target the people that are buying the bowling balls. And you know, the people who walk in, we don't want them to be confused. Um, we want to make it easier for them to understand, and just make it simpler for them to make a choice. Okay, Chris, and, and as a follow up to that question, is Roto Grip actively trying to? have their own identity when it comes to motion shape, uh, say, variances within the line? Or do they basically want to parallel some of Storm's motion change options that bowlers can have? Uh, can you kind of explain that a little bit? Well, to be honest with you, Joe, it's one of those things that we've always tried to keep the brand separate, and we're still going to continue to do that. Um, as far as uh, in using materials and core designs and stuff like that, um, there's quite a bit of difference between the Storm side and the Rotor side. Um, the storm balls are, you know, I'm not going to say always, but you know, 90% of the time are going to give you more length and more change of direction down lane. Um, the rudder grip stuff is going to be a break point that's a lot closer to you. Um, it's going to be more of a stable, more heavier roll. Um, and then you, you couple that with our materials that we use on the rudder grip side. And again, you'll see um, oh earlier motion, but you still see that continuation where you don't see the ball. You know, the ball balls aren't going to roll or hook and stop. They're actually going to roll and keep rolling. Um, so you you won't you definitely won't get that the big skid whip type of reaction. And, and to be honest with you guys, that's been part of the deal the last few years. That's what's helped us on tour as well. Um, on the PBA tour with the guys being able to throw up both the strong and rotor brands. Um, and even this past year, I'm sure if you witnessed like Belmo, you know he shot 300 on TV with a critical theory, which is a rotor ball. And um, you know even here recently, Deandra switched from a, a Marvel Pearl to a critical theory to win the Queens. Um, having those ball options as step downs of how they fit in, how they mesh between storm and rotor grip, you know, there's different. We definitely have different motions, and it's definitely given our bowlers and you know most competitive bowlers a lot more options in the bag. Um, so, so bowling balls actually don't overlap. Well, that you, you take me right where I wanted to go because Dell Ballard and we we talked to Dell. That was the one thing that really stuck with me, where he said why why he feels Storm is right now the the number one ball manufacturer out there is your step down balls. When, when this doesn't work, or when this starts hooking too much, I can go to this and then to this and then to this. Like you you mentioned, Pete always likes his fringe, and you get to know that, and you know that with the bowlers. But so just talk about how Storm's really been able to do that with their equipment, and the other companies are still kind of working their way towards that. Yeah, it's one of those things, and to be honest with you, it's uh, it all started years ago with the guy um, that we're all thankful uh, that decided to take a chance uh, by the name of Bill Christman. You know, the guy started making ball cleaner, and 
decided he wanted to get into making bowling balls, and you know, obviously here we are today. Um, you know, the, the top manufacturer of high-end bowling balls, and you know, his philosophy, um, that, which you can you can draw correlations in other industries. He goes, and even to this day, he, when he does public speaking engagements and talks to people, he's like, you know, there's a reason why we're where we're at is because everyone here is bowler. They is a bowler. They know bowling. They've you know, we got Hank Boomershine. He was a great bowler in his own right, but very smart when it comes to, you know, designing cores. And, you know, Steve Plonkin and, and all those guys that have been there for a long time, you know, we all understand ball motion. We've all, you know, bowled at some point in our careers or worked in a pro shop, and we know how things fit together. And even to this day when we're designing bowling balls, um, you know, we're looking at our product line. And, you know, obviously we've got, you know, a lot of new balls coming from Motor Grip, and, and that's part of the change. And you guys will see it from some different stuff coming from Motor Grip here this summer. But you know, it's one of those things of okay, how does this fit in? Where do we where do we want to stack up? Um, you know, and that that was part of the deal of introducing the, this new HP One line, which is actually going to be offer the Scream and Shout now, which is an entry level ball um, for the novice bowler. But for the you know tournament bowler or the advanced bowler, it's more of a dry lane ball that we haven't had in the Rodeo brand for years. And that's always been my thing of you know, hey, we don't have anything. We need another step down. You know, it's not like, hey, we just need more bowling balls. It's we need steps down. We need balls to fit a certain certain part, certain type of reaction. So that's still our philosophy. And um, yeah, other manufacturers are um, slowly catching on. But um, you know, it's funny they're still trying to copy our our hybrids and, and other balls that we've made for years. That you know, they're just now thinking they still they're they're figuring it out. But you know, we're three and four years down the line, and they still haven't got there. So, so Chris, my my question about the new HP uh, one line. Uh, as Rotogrip is again setting up a quadrant of balls, let's say as that step down, so bowlers can sequence more. Uh, did they decide to do this with core design and shape more so than cover stock strength? In other words, Correct. you know, lessening the flare potential internally, yet leave a stronger cover on the outside of the ball. That is correct, um, and that's one of those things too that you know when we get to talking about it, you know, I kept. You know, when we're talking with Hank and, and Victor, the guys that do our, our ball design and stuff like that, um, when we got to talking about it, I told them what I visually saw was we had we have great balls in the Shooting Star, Rising Star, and now we're soon to add the uh, the shatter to that. The shatter is going to be the pearlized version. It's going to offer the same neutron core um, and that HP2 line. But, at, you know, for the last couple of years, that's been our lowest level ball. And as we all know, for the money, those balls are super strong. Um, you know, for most people, they're for your, some places you walk into, those are like the that's like the leak ball. Um, so when those balls start to hook, you know, where do you go from there? You can't really go stronger. Um, so I wanted a similar type motion, I just wanted to calm down a little bit. And in today's world, you know, like we were talking about, Joe, it's one of those things that with all the different um, variables coming into play now with lane services and lane oils and lane machines, and you know, I'm now I just heard, um, you know, obviously I wasn't there this week because the senior U.S. Open, uh, we had our sales rep Jim Callahan was there, uh, there in Vegas because he lives there, but uh, they released, runs and released another new oil this week. Um, so that's an ever-changing uh, battle, that's an ever-changing battle as well as far as how do we get balls to react on the different types of oils. Yeah, Chris. And so if you talk about this HP1 line, if I can just touch base one more time, Tim, uh, as opposed to just drilling an existing ball with say a, a six or six and a quarter inch pin, why the need for a lower flaring core 
it, what, what advantages will bowlers see doing that as opposed to just drilling a ball weaker? Well, because, again, Joe, as you know, with, with being a ball driller and being around as long as you have, with working with all styles of bowlers, um, anytime you get certain players and, you know, for I'd have to say for the masses, you know, there's a good portion of them that, you, yeah, you can take a ball and just drill it weaker and it's going to suffice and fit their need. But that's not always the case based on the lane service or on lane condition to where you actually need a ball that, you know, clears the front part of the lane um, and doesn't have that so much retention or so much differential down lane. Um, you know, so no matter how weak you drill it, and even if you drill the put a hole in a certain spot and you, you lower the differential, you're still not going to control it enough for some people. And so the thought process behind this HP1 line is we took that, that neutron core that's, you know, in the, the rising star, shooting star, and now the shatter, and we changed the slug on the bottom, so we lowered the differential down to 22. And for, I don't know, for those of you out there that, that know or don't know, the lower the differential, obviously, the less to flare. So where these HP1 balls stack up is... When you drill one, uh, actually, like a say a four-inch pin, like a, a, an aggressive drilling, um, or even if you go three and three-eighths, you're only going to get a maximum of about three and a half inches of flare out of uh, a stream or a shout. So where it fits in, obviously, in comparison to, like, say, the storm side, um, it's more than what a breeze is, but it's less than a tropical heat. So you actually have that, you know, kind of that, and again, what we talked about a little bit earlier was the stair step going back and forth between the storm and water grip side. You know, you've got a breeze that has a nine differential. Now you've got the um, the screaming shadow that have a twenty-two differential, and then you go up to the tropical heats that have you know a little bit more in the thirty-five differential. So you actually have that stair step where you actually have now a different reaction of just basically giving you know the bullets out there another option. Yeah, Chris, and I guess my follow-up was your question with when new oil is released, and it always seems like the oily oil being that's being manufactured out there is trying to combat the way bowlers and 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 the scores and people are complaining kind of about the scores being too high and people being able to just open up patterns. So how are you, how are you guys at storm able to stay ahead of that with ball, uh, the balls that you're manufacturing now? You know, and, and to be honest with you guys, it's one of those things when it comes to lane oils, um, <clears throat> to be honest, it's not so much the lane oil itself. Um, it's, it's one of those battles that's been, everyone seems to think it's a circle. Um, you know, like, Oh, we have this lane surface. So that's a variable. Well, then it's, well, we built these bowling balls that, that work well on this surface, no matter what kind of condition out there. Well, then we got a new lane oil, so now we get to build balls to match the lane oil. And then once that's conquered, then there's a new lane oil that comes out. We did, you know, then build balls to chase that. It's not really the case, um, to be honest with you. Um, and, and here's the logic that I've created years ago, and a lot of people that know bowling understand it. Um, it's not the lane surface. It's not the type of oil. It's the actual condition itself, the pattern that's applied to the lane. Um, because, again... The, the proving ground for that is look at the USBC Open Tournament, the Open Championship every year. How many thousands of people go bowl and still the cumulative average for everyone that walks through that building and, and bowls their nine games is still, you know, under 180. It's actually closer to one, I think it's right around 170. For right. The, it, it's normally 173, 175. You're, you're correct. Yeah. So that right there is proof positive that it's not the bowling balls. It's not the actual types of oil. It's the pattern applied to the lane service. And the same thing happens on tour, and that's what I explain to people as well, is you know, we've got all these different tours, and, and people, and again, it's bowling, and there's been so many misconceptions based on, you know, I don't know how many times we've had um, over the years amateurs come out, and, and even when we had the exempt tour, I mean, obviously the tour's no longer exempt, but uh, we had the exempt tour, and we had all these guys that, you know, won spots or earned spots, and, uh, 
know, they come out and bowl and they're like, well, this, you know, I've been averaging 240 on, on the shark pattern and, you know, I've been able to play here. And then they come bowl on tour and they go, well, this isn't the shark pattern. Like, um, well, on tour it is. Um, in the region or your local center, the shark pattern is different because of the lane service, the lane machine, the lane oil, all these other variables. Um, so there's so many variations of it. So it's really not combating, like I said, Tim, it's not combating the actual type of oil itself. It's, uh, you know, understanding the patterns and how the, the oil is applied to, you know, where the person bowls and being able, you know, obviously, and that's the whole thing, again, our product line is offering all the different options out there to help all skill lovers of bowlers to actually have, you know, you know, say, uh, you know, this place over here is great if you have a Defiance or a Nano, um, but then down the street, you know, maybe the strongest bowl you can use is, you know, like a Bandit or um, maybe like a, a high road or a cross road or something. You know, it's a matter of just knowing, you know, what balls fit in where. Again, Chris Schlemmer, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Above180.com podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Report. Uh, always posting and keeping people updated on the latest happenings uh, of Rotogrip. You guys got a Facebook page, Rotogrip.com. Uh, you guys are redesigning your website as well. Uh, lots of new yeah, and that, exciting yeah, things. We're actually, not to interrupt, we're actually in the process of doing that. So we'll be launching that new site here probably within the next four to five weeks. Um, we've got a lot of exciting stuff again. We're using the same concept of trying to make it easier to navigate. Um, so once you, you, you check out the new Rotogrip.com, um, it's going to open some eyes and people are like, wow, this is easy. You know, I can check this ball. I can do this. I can compare this. And uh, we're just going to have a lot more information. To be, it's going to be fun. Excellent, Chris. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, time flies, but we're going to have to do this again uh, sooner rather than later. Get you, get you back on as uh, some great opinion and great insight on the sport of bowling. Awesome. I'd love to be back. Yeah, Chris, I want to have you back on again so we can touch base on uh, the new IQ series from Storm which uh, we just received a couple days ago for testing for the Bowler's Journal, and uh, some interesting motion shapes we see out of both of those products. Yeah, the IQ and the IQ Tour are definitely, um, definitely going to be balls, but we're going to open some eyes. For Tim Berg, Joe Serrar, Chris Schlemmer, good luck and good bowling.